Hello, and welcome back to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. Rain is a wonderful thing, water falling from the sky. As a child, I remember running around in the rain with my mouth wide open to catch the raindrops. Of course, there are better ways to capture rainwater, both for quenching your thirst and for watering your garden. Today, we'll hear from Kathy Thomas, who is the Rainwater Revival Coordinator. The Rainwater Revival is an annual educational festival about rainwater harvesting that is held in Dripping Springs, Texas in early November. Kathy has a personal interest in rainwater collection and use. For the past 16 years, she and her family have used rainwater for drinking, cooking, washing, and bathing, as well as for use in their garden. Here's Kathy. Well, we built our home in Dripping Springs uh, 16 years ago and did a lot of research about the water here. And uh, because I'm a floral designer, we found out very quickly that we needed to do something other than dig a well because the salts in the well would be really bad. And my husband hates the taste of well water. And so we started researching rainwater, and it was fairly new to this area back then. And it was, um, there weren't that many providers back then. So we really did a lot of research and traveled a lot, and looked at systems, and decided that that's what we wanted to do. And so our house is 100% rainwater. We've uh, lived here now for 16 years with it, and we love it. So you have, uh, you were telling me you have a tank that holds how much water? 30,000 gallons. We have a ferro-cement tank that was custom built, and it's 9 feet tall and 27 feet diameter. And uh, that's our house system. And then we have what we call a chicken water tank, which is a 5,000-gallon tank on our barn. And we can use that as auxiliary water if we need to. We've drained it into the big tank a couple of times. And you haven't, uh, generally you don't run out. No, we've, I think in the 16 years we've been here, we've bought water maybe four times. The first time we got a big rain right after we put the tank in, and it actually cracked it. Uh, it had not settled down very well, and we had to have all the water taken out. And we did have to buy water then because we had no water left. Right. Right. Uh, but other than that, we've really been very fortunate, and we are conservative with our water use, I will tell you that. Right, right. So uh, rainwater collection, of course, is not new. It's been mm -hmm. happening for thousands of years, probably. Could you, can you give us a short sort of history of uh, collect, rainwater collection mm -hmm. just more recently, uh, the, the, the sort of growing mm -hmm. interest in it? Well, as you mentioned, it does go back thousands of years. I looked it up. There is a cistern in Crete from 1700 BCE. That's the uh, most ancient cistern they found. The Romans uh, used cisterns, and then they started doing their aqueducts, so the cisterns fell out of use a little bit. Um, a lot of islands still are using uh, rainwater. I remember when we went to St. Croix, and this has been 30 years ago, and we thought it was so interesting that there was no water on, the, on an island and that everything was rainwater. And we thought, wow, that's so unique and so different. Uh, the reason people here are doing rainwater is because the groundwater, first of all, is not a good supply. Um, lots of people have to drop their wellheads or they have to drill another well. And the water is just not very tasty. It, it's um, very um, corrosive on your appliances and your pipes. And so rainwater is a really good resource. We get about an average of 30, I think it's 31 inches, something like that, a year. And that's plenty of water to uh, maintain your, your system. 
even in 2011, I believe we only got like 19 inches, and it was still, mm -hmm. if you size your system, I mean, the key is sizing your system. You can't have a family of four on 5,000 gallons. That won't do it. So you size your system and make sure you have enough, and then you can do rainwater and have it for your sole source. It's fabulous. So where can, uh, if somebody was interested in mm -hmm. doing this, um, are there resources someplace where you could go to get information on uh, installing a rainwater collection uh, yeah. system? Uh, if you go to rainwaterrevival.com, we have a listing of our vendors from last year, and there's quite a few of the area of rainwater installers. There's people who just sell tanks, there's people who sell equipment, and there's people who do complete installations. The Texas Water Development Board also has a really good uh, manual. And if you just Google, it's called the Texas Manual on Rainwater Harvesting. And if you Google that, you can download it. It's free, and that's very full of knowledge for you. And uh, you mentioned in general, if we can say, or can we, can we sort of give people an idea of how much it would cost to install a rainwater collection system for, let's say, a family of four? Okay. Um, around twenty-five dollars to $30,000. I tell people that it's sometimes a little bit more than your first well, but it's a whole lot cheaper than your second well and extremely much cheaper than your third well. <laughs> okay. Um, and are there, do you know of any tax incentives for uh, either federal, state, or local for installing this kind of system? If you live in Austin, they actually have, Austin Water has some... Um, rebates for you on buying your tanks. I think it's up to 50% of it. It's Several counties and towns have really good incentives. Um, Hayes County is not one of those, unfortunately. They were supposed to be doing a program where you could um, uh, borrow money from the county at a very low interest rate and then repay it. It was going to be a revolving fund, but it's my understanding that has never gotten off the ground, and I think that's very unfortunate. They don't charge property tax on a rainwater system, but they don't charge them on wells either, so they really shouldn't be charging mm -hmm. them on them anyway. But your your equipment is all sales tax free, so anytime you buy supplies, it is it is tax free. And uh, are are uh, our local governments doing anything to encourage rainwater collection beyond tax incentives? Mm -hmm. Is there any? Some are, some aren't. Uh, the Hayes Trinity Groundwater Conservation District strongly encourages it. It helps conserve our groundwater. Our groundwater, of course, feeds our creeks. It feeds our trees, uh, wildlife. And we've got so many people that are already dropping straws in the ground, pulling groundwater, that we are in danger of, of losing some of those those you know, beautiful things like mm -hmm. Jacob's Well and things like that. So if uh, people do uh, rainwater harvesting, they tend to be a lot more conservative with their water. And it's truly an independent way to have your own water system. You are your water master, nobody else. Right. You're listening to Mothering Earth, and I'm here with Kathy Thomas. And we were talking about rainwater collection and whether any of our local areas are doing anything to uh, encourage people to, to install these kinds of systems. Now, if, if I had, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's an average home, but let's say I have about 2,000 square feet, foot roof, about how much rain would I uh, need to capture in order to not run out, let's say? Well, you'll capture about 1,000 gallons per, I'm sorry, about 640 gallons per 1,000 square feet. So um, our roof, I think we've got about five thousand square feet of mm -hmm. roof 
Uh, and we capture about 2,500 gallons for every one inch of rain. So it doesn't take long to right. capture a goodly amount of rain. Right. So, you know, when you're doing rainwater harvesting, if you're doing it for your whole house, you need to make sure, A, that your system is sized, your tank is sized right, and also that your roof is large enough. If you've got a, a two-story home that doesn't have a big footprint, it may not be your best bet. But a lot of people will put up pole barns and um, take water off of that, and that works nicely. And does it matter the kind of roof that you have? I mean, if it's a shingle roof or a metal roof? There's, that, that's interesting. Most people say it needs to be a galvalume. You need to make sure that you're not having any um, welding going on that's using lead on that mm. because that can be kind of a serious issue. Sure. Uh, but we do have a neighbor who has a uh, composite roof, and they capture rainwater. Now, they don't drink their rainwater. They have it go into one tank, it settles, and they pump it into a second tank. Uh -huh. But they use it for all their water in their house, drinking, cooking, all that. Uh, I'm sorry, not drinking, but cooking, washing, everything except drinking. Right. And they, the only reason they don't drink it is because it is so pure, they wanted water that had minerals in it rather than having to take <laughs> vitamins. So they buy water that has minerals in it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then how about a, uh, the, the angle of the roof? Does it have to be, you know, sharply angled roof? Could, if, what if you had a flat roof? Could you collect rainwater? Uh, my understanding is code on roofs is at least a 2% grade. And uh, they say that you need at least a 1% grade for, for the water to be collected. Obviously, if it was completely flat, you would be yeah. collecting water or snow wherever you are. Uh, could be a problem, so you, you do need to have somewhat of a grade. Uh, if you have an extremely sharp-pitched roof, you may not collect as much because it's going to run so much faster. You might need to mm. get bigger gutters. Okay. The, uh, generally, they, they like for you to have 6-inch gutters, 4-inch. I think we have 5-inch, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you were asking about where you could go to get information about mm -hmm. this, and I know we're leading up to talking about the rainwater revival, but I want to be sure everybody knows about that. Because we have, it's, it's a one-stop shop. Um, we'll have vendors there that do just tanks, that do entire systems, that do really what we say is all things eco. So hopefully we'll have some solar vendors there, some wind vendors. Uh, if you want to do a sustainable house, this is mm -hmm. the place to go. Right. We have seminars that will be going on by experts. Uh, we also have a panel of rainwater um, homeowners and I'm going to be on that panel and we'll show pictures of homes. I'm going to actually take pictures of all the um, rainwater systems in our neighborhood. We've got seven I believe of our neighbors have systems and almost every one of them is different. So I'm going to take pictures of that yeah. so I can show a variety of types of systems. Right, right. Uh, which brings me to another uh, point which is do the uh, collection tanks have to be above ground? No, they can be below ground. Uh, I went to one house and it was actually below their driveway, which I thought was interesting. Some people do them uh, for their porches, um, but they can be above ground, they can be below ground. The house I was telling you about that has the composites, they actually have it, uh, a basement and it's in their basement. They're collecting water directly into the basement. So in order to drink it, what do you have to do? What kinds of filtration or whatever do you have to do? When it comes off our roof, it goes through a roof washer, and that's uh, to get, as we say, the big things out, scorpions and those type of things. It goes into the tank, and then when it comes back into the house, 
In our particular system, it goes through a, a paper filter, a charcoal filter, and then a UV light, and we're told that our water is as clean as what they use for dialysis. One of our other neighbors simply has an um, ozonator, I think they call it, uh, that floats in his tank, mm-hmm. and it just comes on periodically, and that's all the treatment he does. He's had his water tasted at, or tested. It's absolutely safe. The water out here, we're really fortunate that we don't have a lot of pollution out here. Right. So the water is really in good shape. So um, you don't have to do a whole lot of treatment. You're listening to Mothering Earth. Uh, I'm here with Kathy Thomas, and we're talking about the Rainwater Revival Festival coming up in November uh, and about rainwater collection. But right now, it's time for a break. You're listening to Mothering Earth. We're back from our break now, uh, and I'm here with Kathy Thomas, and we're talking about uh, rainwater collection. And we were just talking about filtration systems, and apparently there are a variety of systems. Uh, But I was wondering, does the uh, system have to be inspected or checked out in any way before you begin to use it? It depends on where you live. Uh, when we were building, I went to the city and said, what kind of inspections do we need to have? And they kind of looked around. They finally came up and said, well, you have to have your septic inspected. And that was some total of it. Hmm. Um, to me, it's a little concerning that some people would just put it in and not have any kind of inspections or any kind of professionals checking. We had our water checked to make sure that it was safe to drink before we started. Uh, but there are no inspections required in the county. Now, in some of the cities, yes, if you are hooked up to city water, uh, there are all kinds of regulations there. You need to have a backflow on your um, faucets so that if you, you know, so that if you run out of uh, rainwater and you start pulling from the city system, you can't backflow. Although, frankly, your rainwater is probably a lot purer than <laughs> yeah. what's in the city system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, Unless it's just a city code, there's really not anything in the state that says it has to be. Yeah. Uh, TRECA, the um, Texas Rainwater Catchment Association, worked with the legislature last year or last session to see about getting some legislation to require people to have to have um, qualified installers. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really go anywhere. And, you know, there was some controversy about it because it's it's really not... Um, a difficult thing to, to put a system in if you have some basic knowledge. Right. Um, but, but there is concerns if you did not know what you were doing and yeah. if you never changed your filters. I mean, it could be a problem. So there is a little bit of maintenance to it, but not much. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So what okay. is the maintenance? Uh, we change our paper filter every month. The charcoal filter is changed every three months. And then... Generally, they will tell you to change the UV filter once a year. To be honest, we change it when it goes out, which has been twice in 16 years. Mm-hmm. And our water's great. So, yeah. Now, when you say you have it t- had it tested, where, mm-hmm. do you, where would you go to get we it We sent tested? it to Texas A&M and had it tested. We actually, for a while, A&M had some students who were studying rainwater, and they were coming up here and taking samples of several of our um, systems. 
and taking it back and analyzing it and letting us know. But before we started, we actually sent it off to A&M and had it tested. Uh, and also on the topic of inspections, if I wanted to use the rainwater in my house, mm-hmm. as you do, uh, for bathing, washing, everything, mm-hmm. um, does the, does, uh, is there any inspection required of the whole you know, system, of your whole water system now? There is not. In the county, again, if you're doing it in mm-hmm. Austin or in one of the incorporated cities, you need to check your individual uh, specs because uh, s- different cities have different specs. But at this point, there is not. If you have a really well-qualified rainwater installer working with you, um, they're going to do a good job. I would really recommend working with a, a qualified rainwater installer. Some people just have plumbers do it. Uh, plumbers don't necessarily understand everything there is about rainwater systems. If you want to have rainwater, if you're building and you're wanting to install it from the beginning, make sure the person who's designing your home, whether that's a designer or an um, architect, make sure they understand, too, that you're collecting rainwater so that they design it so that you don't have crazy angles and lots of things like that. Right, right. Um, do you know, are there any other state or local laws governing construction of rainwater collection systems? Again, there was some work done in the legislature to pass some. Uh, I know that Kirk Watson got a bill passed where HOAs could not ban rainwater harvesting because before then, uh, a lot of HOAs would say, oh, you can't harvest rainwater. And so now they cannot ban it. Now they can require you to put your tanks in the back. They can require them to be low profile so they can't be seen, but they cannot ban you from doing that. Well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a great bill that he passed. Why would a homeowners association not want someone to have a a rainwater collection system? It could be a variety of issues. It could be about the aesthetics of it. Uh, Like some of them won't let you put clotheslines in the back. And so uh, it could be if there's a water system that they're depending on for income, that they're afraid they may not be getting enough income. I mean, there's, there could be almost any reason that they would not want you to, but they cannot forbid it, and people just need to know that. In addition to rainwater collection systems where you're uh, collecting water in a tank, there are other ways of conserving rainwater so that you can use it. Um, Absolutely. Tell us about that. Yeah, there are rainwater gardens where you can have uh, depressions by where your uh, uh, drains come down, and then planting plants that will like to live in maybe a little more swampy plants that will live when it's wet and when it's dry. Something like equisetum does really well with that. Um, these are really good for keeping water from running off your property. One of the things, especially in cities, people try to get the water off their property as fast as possible into the drains. And, and they really need to think more in terms of keeping the water on your property, whether that's through depressions so that the water will stand a little bit and then sink down, whether it's through swales. Um, Mr. Bamberger out at Bamberger's Ranch has done a great job with putting actually stone berms that keep the water from running so fast and it keeps the water from eroding the property. And that's, they've really brought that piece of property back to life because of that. And so uh, are there any other plants that you know of that would work in a rain garden? You know, I know that there's a whole lot. Equisetum is just one that I know really well. Uh, horsetail reed, most people call it. It's oh, a beautiful okay. plant. It's, it's an ancient plant, one yeah. of the most ancient we know, as a matter of fact. And it will grow in swampy and it will grow in dry. And so that's why it's such a great plant for yeah. there. Yeah. So when we have our droughts, you still have something living. Okay. Exactly.
Um, so we've covered quite a bit, um, but I wanted you, if you could, to kind of lead us through uh, a pretty good list of benefits of rainwater collection. Okay. Uh, well, one of the reasons is it is free water. Uh, we amortized out our system, uh, figured the amortization of it, and it was 10 years. So after 10 years, for the last six years, we've basically had free water. The supplies cost us maybe $100 a year. So that's a pretty good deal. Uh, if we're not replacing the uh, UV, that's another 100 But like mm -hmm. I said, that's been twice in 16 years. Um, so the only cost is putting in your system. And, and then, of course, what happens is you decide that you need more collection. So it's sort of whatever you've got, oh, now I want twice as much. And, and it's really a good idea to get as much storage as you can because we seem to be getting into a pattern where we get lots and lots of rain and then we get no rain. Mm -hmm. So we need to have systems large enough to um, collect everything. Right. Um, it is a great source of water. It's a source that has been used for thousands of years, especially when you're in an area like we are in the hill country where the water is pure, the air is pure. The water is great. When you uh, do a taste test between water, uh, rainwater, and and uh, well water. It's pretty much hands down which one wins. Which, by the way, at the at the rainwater uh, revival on November fifth, we will be doing some blind tests between rainwater oh. and well water. So that should be fun to do. Yeah. Uh, it has zero hardness, which is great if you use well water. You know what it's like where you have to wash your hair forever to try to get the soap out of it. Doesn't happen with rainwater. Nice shiny hair without soap scum. Um, it doesn't have sodium in it. Um, it's just really pretty mineral free. It's it's as close to zero total dissolved solids as you will get. Whereas if you go into if you go into some of the well waters, the total dissolved solids are really frightening sometimes. Now, now is that the stuff that kind of builds up in the pipes? Is it that is. What we're talking about? The it is. Sort yeah. of calcium. Mm -hmm. And again, for me as a florist, I want really low total dissolved solids because if it's got a lot of minerals in it, which starts going up the stems of the little flowers, that's when you see the rose heads start to go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is great for landscape because again, if you're using well water, you'll see that that kind of uh, white stuff on your your plants. And rainwater is great. Even if you're not going to have it in your home, you can put some little tanks outside and use it in your garden and use it for your plants. If you just think about how great your garden looks after some good rains, mm -hmm. you know how good rainwater is for plants. Right. Um, it does help re reduce the utilities. A lot of people don't understand the, the nexus between utilities, between water and um, electricity, but it takes electricity to treat water it takes electricity to pump water if you're in a central system it takes a lot of electricity back and forth and then what happens is people take this expensive treated water and they're putting it on their yards and that makes no sense but if you have rainwater the source is right there so although you're using some electricity to treat it and some to pump it in it's much much less it's much more conservative you've sort of mentioned uh, throughout our conversation about the rainwater revival mm -hmm. educational festival mm -hmm. so give us the whole deal on that <laughs> it is the best thing that ever happened to this area uh, Hayes County really is sort of the the epicenter of rainwater harvesting we've got more installers and vendors in this area than almost any anywhere else in the nation the rainwater revival is a, a we call it an edufest because it's educational it's festival it's November the 5th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Dripping Springs Ranch Park 
which is out on Ranch Road 12, just across from Dripping Springs Elementary. We will have speakers. We'll have uh, music going on. We've got food trucks coming in. We have what we call a raindrop stop, which is for children. We'll have volunteers in there, so they'll get to wa- rainwater color, and uh-huh. they'll uh, learn some things about groundwater. They'll make a little aquifer in a cup. And it's just a, a really great event uh, all day long. It's free. You can come and go. I recommend you come and stay. Uh, you can shop. You can go in there and, and do all that. We're also going to have a raffle. One of the things that we do is we have these grants that are for um, uh, Hill Country Area schools to do rainwater or water conservation projects. And the way we raise our money is through these raffles. In, in the past, we've done... Um, uh, water tanks, water barrels that we've had painted. This year we're doing a little differently. We will have all different types of items to be raffled, and it'll be an online r- raffle. And if you go to our website, rainwaterrevival.com, that will open up, I believe, October 1st, and you'll be able to bid online. And it's a great way to help fund projects for public schools and private schools and charters. Uh, any Hill Country schools can apply. And then they can do projects that otherwise they wouldn't have the money to do. And it, it's just been incredible what some of these schools have done with these projects. So, now, another thing you mentioned earlier was that you have a panel. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a great opportunity if people have questions about Absolutely. rainwater collection systems, how they really work, and so on, right? Right. A lot of times people will come in and the people that are on stage or they might be people that sell systems or install them. And sometimes people go, well, yeah, of course you're going to say it's great because that's how you make your living. So we have this homeowners panel so people can talk to those of us who live with it and and who can really talk about how wonderful it is. Hope to see you at the Rainwater Revival Festival. Check it out at rainwaterrevival.com. You know, I'd love to hear from you, so please send any comments or suggestions for future shows to me at gardentoad at vcs.com. That's gardentoad, one word, at v-c-y-e-s dot com. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth. <laughs>